0: We are grateful that we don't have to go this life alone. We know what we would do on our own, Lord. We know the things that we could get ourselves into if it was just us leading ourselves. But we praise you, God, that you do lead us. I pray now, as we open your word, that we would be humble, that we would listen to you, that we might follow you rightly. Teach us from your word mold us into the people you want us to be in Jesus name we pray amen for those of you that are just joining us we are in a ten lesson series on discipleship it's our attempt to answer the question what is it that we're supposed to do as Christians And I've been thinking about this the last few weeks. You can answer that question a lot of different ways. You could say things like, well, we're supposed to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Jesus said that was the greatest command. The Bible also talks about walking with God. The Bible talks about having faith. The Bible talks about following Jesus. All those answers are are really, I think, different ways of getting at the same thing. And the way that we're looking at it is to say, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to be disciples and we're supposed to make disciples. That's what this whole series is based on. The ten lessons that I've been giving you are ten foundational lessons for how we can know Jesus Christ and how we can help other people know Jesus Christ as well. And we're at lesson number nine, so we're, we're on the home stretch here. And these last three, le- lessons eight through ten, I'm calling them three essential tips for the Christian life. And today we're on lesson number nine on the Holy Spirit picture 2,000 years ago Jesus in his earthly ministry called people to follow him, right? 23 times in the gospels he said follow me and sometimes people followed him sometimes they didn't but what Jesus was doing was drawing people to himself and teaching them his ways now we can't do that we can't physically walk around with Jesus because he's in heaven now but we can spiritually speaking still follow him how do we do that? We do it by following the Holy Spirit. So lesson number nine today is on the Holy Spirit. Now some of you might be thinking, "Ooh, the Holy Spirit! Is the pastor going to make me like dance in the aisles today?" Some evangelicals get a little bit weary of, or are leery of talking about the Holy Spirit. And, and I actually think that there's something wrong-headed about that. I understand that some people might be a little bit concerned when they see you know those charismatics over there acting out in the spirit i understand that there might be some of that <coughs> but what we need to know is that the holy spirit is part of the trinity and and if we don't understand the bible's teaching on the holy spirit we are shooting ourselves in the foot so what we need to do is to figure out what is it that god teaches us about the holy spirit how is it that we can follow him <coughs> we must not underemphasize the holy spirit we must know the teaching according to romans 8:11 it says if we have the spirit we have life it says it negatively two verses before that it says if you don't have the spirit you don't have life so we need to understand what the bible says about the holy spirit otherwise we're not going to get our christian walk right you can picture the disciples they were walking around with Jesus and, and near the end of Jesus' ministry he said, hey guys, uh, I'm going to go I'm, it's pretty soon, I'm going to die I'm going to rise again and then after that I'm going to ascend into heaven and you can imagine the disciples might have been thinking wait wait, wait a second Jesus, this has been really awesome here this whole thing of following you around and, and learning your teaching we, we want to keep doing that Jesus so we'd rather you not go to heaven but what did Jesus say? he said, it's for your good that I go Because unless I go, I can't send the Holy Spirit. So there's something very good for us in knowing the teaching of the Holy Spirit and figuring out how we can walk with Christ by following the Holy Spirit. So to to study the Holy Spirit today, we're going to look at a passage in Galatians. Galatians chapter 5. In Galatia, there was a big question. The question was, how do we follow God rightly? The, The people there were attempting to answer that question. How do I follow God rightly? There was a group of of people in Galatia that came up, up with an answer, a wrong answer. Their answer to the question, how do we follow God rightly, was, you need to follow the law. And as they said that, they they emphasized the human effort part of it. They said, God has told us all these things that he wants us to do, and if you want to follow God rightly, you need to do them. Pick yourself up by your own bootstrap, and you do what it says there. They were emphasizing human effort. They were emphasizing things of the flesh. Like, specifically, they were emphasizing circumcision, saying, if you want to follow God, you need to get circumcised, and then there's all these other whole host of things that you need to do. The problem with that answer was that it emphasized the human effort. In the New Covenant, we know that to walk with Christ is first and foremost done by faith. So as Paul wrote this letter to the Galatians, he was trying to correct what was going on there, and he said, if you want to walk rightly with God, you need to, by faith, follow the Holy Spirit. We Christians are people who believe in a God who leads us. The way that He leads us now is through His Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know about you, but I can't see the Holy Spirit. Never seen Him in my whole life. But I believe by faith that He leads me. And that's the answer to the question, how do we follow God? How do we walk with Him? How do we become more like Christ? By following the Holy Spirit by faith. We gain righteousness, not by doing good works, but by following the Holy Spirit by faith. Did you know that we can't actually live the lives that God wants us to live in our own power? The people in Galatia were attempting to say, just do it, come on. God tells you to do this, so do it. The problem with that answer is that we can't do it in our own power. We can't follow God rightly. But it's okay, because God has given us something, or rather someone, so that we can live the life that God has called to live. Whatever God wants us to do, he strengthens us to do by the Holy Spirit. We must not assume that we can do this on our own. We must trust in God's ways. So we believe in the Trinity here. I think that there are are too many churches out there that say they believe in the Trinity but never talk about the Holy Spirit. We believe in the Trinity. We must understand what the Bible says about walking in the Holy Spirit. So what I want to do today is I want to look at this passage in Galatians 5, and I want to show to you two important C words. Now, for those of you that have sat under my preaching for a while, you know that I almost never use alliteration. So if I'm going to use alliteration, there's going to be a good reason for it. And and there's a good reason today. Two C words that I want to show you about walking in the power of the Holy Spirit let's read our passage today Galatians 5 and I'm going to read verses 16 through 25 so I say live by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature for the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature they are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want but if you are led by the spirit you are not under law the acts of the sinful nature are obvious Gentleness and self control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Okay, the first C word that I want to point out to you today is conflict. Conflict. And I want to reread for you verse 17. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict. Conflict with each other. So that you do not do what you want. The word conflict here can also mean hostility. These two, they don't get along, the sinful nature and the Holy Spirit. There are two warring factions in our lives, and we were each born into this world with a sinful nature. Perhaps your translation that you're reading from in your own Bible says flesh. That is a literal translation of the word. It's not talking about the skin and bones part of us. It's talking about that that evil part of us that desires to go our own way and we were each born with it. I kind of like the phrase sinful nature to describe it because it's it's nature for us. We were born with it and the nature is to sin. For every one of us, sinning is natural. Why? Because we have the sinful nature that constantly tempts us to follow our own ways. Think of it this way. We're, we're talking about discipleship in this series. Being a disciple means we follow Jesus. He has ways for us that he wants us to follow. The sinful nature wants us to follow a different way. It tempts us. The reason it's called temptation, why is that? Do you know why it's called temptation? Because it's tempting. It's tempting. The, the passage here also uses the word desires. you know why it uses the word desire? Because if we're honest with ourselves, we actually... There's a part of us that desires sin. Don't kid yourself. You will not understand the message of the Holy Spirit if you're not honest with yourself about the fact that when temptation comes, there is part of you that wants it. That's why we do it. We don't sin because... Well, that doesn't sound any fun, but I'll do it in... We sin because... The the sinful nature doesn't fight fair. It works on our desires and says, it it gives us a promise, actually. Uh, It's a false promise, but the sinful nature gives us a promise to satisfy us. So that's the first combatant in this conflict, the sinful nature. And I was thinking of it it like a boxing match. You know, imagine that we're the crowd and there's a boxing announcer. In this corner we have the sinful nature, and the crowd goes boo. But there's another con- combatant in this conflict. In this corner, we have the Holy Spirit, and everybody goes, "Yeah, go Holy Spirit!" And if it were a boxing match, it would be easy. You know, it's it's as easy of it as if the Vikings were playing the Packers. I mean, we know who we're going to cheer for, right? Well, some of us know the right answer to that one, but know uh, The Sinful nature and the Holy Spirit are in a conflict. And and if we just say it plainly like that, it's so easy for us to say, I want to follow the Holy Spirit. But in reality, in real life, when the sinful nature works on our desires and tempts us in ways that seem good to us, it's not so easy. So what happens is that there's this conflict that's raging inside of us. By nature... We follow the sinful nature. But we're now introduced to something new that teaches us we don't have to follow our animal desires. We can follow God by following the Holy Spirit. I've I've said it here before this way and I'll say it again. It's actually kind of like what you see on, on TV or on the movies when they've got the the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other shoulder and the, the angel is whispering something into your ear trying to get to do what's right and the devil is on this other shoulder whispering something that's wrong and trying to get you to do it and, and the person on TV you know, is kind of looking at the angel then looking at the devil and looking and it's like oh, I have to choose and eventually they choose one and what happens to the other one? It goes poof. It just goes away. But what I like about that is that it actually shows us that there's a conflict. There's actually a part of us that when the Holy Spirit speaks to us, we say, yeah, that sounds good. But when the sinful nature leads us, that sounds good too. Now look at the different outcomes based on which way we choose. In verses 19 to 21, it lists off all these terrible things that happen to us if we follow the sinful nature. Things like hatred and discord and envy. But then verses 22 to 23 list off all these wonderful things that come from following the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, all those awesome things. Now there's a phrase in verse 21 in regard to following the sinful nature that should really stand as a warning to us. Paul lists off all those things, I think there's 15 of them, and then he says, I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. What's at stake here is eternity now what's Paul saying is he saying that anyone who ever follows the sinful nature will go to hell is he saying that if you ever envy ever even once in your life that you won't go to heaven well I don't think that's what he's saying but what is he saying then well the key is in this phrase it says those who live like this and literally the phrase means those who do such things those who practice such things And he goes on to say, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Let me explain it to you by picking out one of the words on this list. (laughs) We're going to use drunkenness as an example. Getting drunk is not the unforgivable sin. Right? The Bible teaches us that there is one unforgivable sin. Some of you in here know it, right? Blasphemy of the Holy Spirit or speaking against the Holy Spirit is the one sin that we are taught that God will not forgive. So getting drunk isn't that. Getting drunk is not the same thing as blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. But how does it work then? If, if Paul says those who live like this aren't going aren't gonna to get the kingdom of God, what's the connection here between getting drunk, which is a sin that we can be forgiven of, and blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, which is something that God won't forgive? Let me say it this way first. If you mess up today, if you go home and you somehow slip up and you get drunk today, you can be forgiven of that. If you repent, if you go before God and you acknowledge, oh, whoops, God, I I did something that I shouldn't have done. I acknowledge that what I did was wrong. Would you please forgive me? Do you know what? God will forgive you for that. What is unforgivable is a lifestyle which rejects the Holy Spirit. So if a person is living a lifestyle where they constantly look like those things in verses 19 through 21, that person should stop and consider whether they're following the Holy Spirit or the sinful nature. The teaching of these verses is that our deeds will show us which one we're following. So it's not that getting drunk is a sin, but it's that if you're constantly getting drunk, it means that you're not following the Holy Spirit. And if you're not following the Holy Spirit, if you're rejecting the Holy Spirit, that's what God talks about as being the unforgivable sin. So it's not that we're saved by not doing these bad things. It's that the things here in verses 19 to 21 show us who we're following. And if we're constantly doing those things, it means we're not following the Holy Spirit. famous pastor from England who's now passed away, John Stott, says that these verses aren't talking about isolated lapses. It's not saying that if you mess up once and have a fit of rage that you go to hell. Rather, these verses are talking about habitual practice. So if a person constantly lives with rage, it's evidence of following the sinful nature. Now remember, it's natural to follow the sinful nature. I'm not saying it's right, but I'm saying it's natural. All our lives we have been trained how to follow the sinful nature. What needs to happen then is a change needs to happen, and actually a rebirth needs to happen whereby we follow the Holy Spirit when we receive Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord we also receive the Holy Spirit now I talked about that at the beginning of our series here on discipleship that the very first step of discipleship is putting our faith in Jesus Christ and what that means is that we recognize that he forgives our sins but we also recognize that he is the one that we are to follow that's what it means for him to be our Lord or our King that we as an act of our faith we make the commitment to say, I no longer follow my own ways, but Jesus, I follow your ways. Now as we're talking about the Holy Spirit, we're talking about the same thing. Because remember, the Holy Spirit is God. To put our faith in Jesus means we follow God. To follow God means we follow the Holy Spirit. So the goal of our lives, from that point forward, from the moment we receive Jesus Christ, the goal of our lives is to follow the Holy Spirit and not the sinful nature. Now, yes, we will still mess up because at times we'll choose poorly and we'll still sin. But the climate of our lives is not to be verses 19 to 21. If those things describe who we are and how we live, it means we're following the sinful nature. So on one side of this conflict is the sinful nature which tries to lead us in the wrong direction. And if we're honest, we feel this conflict pretty deeply. We feel it every time we're tempted to sin. We feel it every time we actually do sin. The result, as it says here, is that sometimes we do things that we don't want to do. We know what's right, but sometimes we choose what's wrong. That's the conflict that we all feel but what Paul is saying here is that listen you're not doomed to just follow the sinful nature there's also the Holy Spirit who you can follow those of us who have received Jesus can follow the Holy Spirit but the battleground is set and we are smack dab in the middle of it if we're using the boxing analogy we've got the sinful nature in one corner and the Holy Spirit in the other corner but they're not in one sense they're not fighting against each other they're kind of fighting for us they're fighting to get us to follow them Now this leads me to my second point. And my second C word that I want to show you today is choice. Choice. We are not automatically doomed to follow the sinful nature. We have a choice. Why do I say that? Because of the commands in this passage. Both at the beginning and the end of this passage, it lays out a command for us. Something that we are to choose to follow. In verse 16 it says, So I say, live by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. And then verse 25. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. In verse 16, the command is to live by the Spirit. That means literally to walk around and to conduct your life according to the Holy Spirit. And then in verse 25, the command is to keep in step with the Spirit. That word for keep in step had its origins in the military. So you, you picture yourself as a soldier in the military and if your commanding officer says get in line and march what do you do? you better get in line and march or I like to think of it as a, a marching band analogy. let's say you're a trumpeter in the marching band, what do you need to do? well there's two things you need to do. you need to get to know your music so that you can play it but you also need to get to know the steps so that you can keep in step with the rest of the band and as long as you're on that parade route, you need to be watching your, your drum major or your conductor or whoever it is. You need to be watching constantly so that you're keeping in step. And for us Christians, our parade route is our entire life. We need to constantly be watching our conductor, keeping in step with him. So there's a conflict going on. The sinful nature and the Holy Spirit are both at work to lead you. You must choose. Now the ironic thing here is that the conflict is not a conflict where the outcome is in question. It's not like we wonder who's going to win. You know, at the end, is is the sinful nature going to overpower the Holy Spirit? No, we we know that in the end God wins. If you ever read the book of Revelation, you know God wins. And it's also not in question of which one is going to satisfy us. Yes, it feels like following the sinful nature might satisfy us for a time, but we know that only God truly satisfies us. So the only question remains, who will you follow? They're both trying to lead us. It's your choice. Who will you follow? God doesn't make us follow him. He wants us to follow him. That's why he sent the Holy Spirit. And it says that we're to live by the Spirit, to keep in step with the Spirit. And in verse 18, it says that we're to be led by the Spirit. That's a passive word. And what that means is that there's something that we don't do. We don't lead ourselves. We let God lead. And then, yes, we are to follow. But we are not people who lead ourselves. We are people who follow God's leading. (laughs) The goal of this discipleship series that we're in is that we would become more like Christ that we would walk with Him into the lives that God has called us to live. We were created to be conformed more and more into the image of Jesus Christ. That happens for us as we follow the Holy Spirit. Now hopefully you're kind of saying to yourself, okay, Eric, I believe you. You've you've laid out the theology for us. You've shown us this conflict. Yeah, I feel that conflict. I, I feel it every time I'm tempted. I understand that the sinful nature tries to lead me, but that I want to follow the Holy Spirit. Now the question we should be asking then is, how? How do we do it? If we know that we must follow the Holy Spirit, what does that look like in our daily lives? So I want to answer that question for you. I've got five different answers that I'm just going to kind of uh, go through here pretty quickly. The first one is something that I want to show you in verse 24. This is really important. I I want to reread it for you. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. So the first way we follow the Holy Spirit is to crucify our sinful nature. Crucifixion is not a pleasant death. It was meant to be humiliating and painful. And most importantly, it was meant to be final. They kind of messed that one up with Jesus. They didn't really you know, yeah, well, uh, he did die, but he didn't stay dead. But but crucifixion is meant to kill somebody. So when Paul is saying here you're supposed to crucify your sinful nature, what he means is that you, as an act of your choice, are to put your sinful nature up on a cross and let it die. It's a choice we make where we say, I don't want to follow sin anymore. I want to follow Jesus. If Jesus is Lord, we must not follow our sinful nature. We must put it to death so we're to crucify that sinful nature and this has ongoing implications in our lives now in some ways you can think about that crucifixion of our sinful nature as something that happened when we received Jesus because when we received Jesus we should have said to him you're my Lord now Jesus I used to follow the sinful nature but no more I now want to follow you maybe some of you didn't think of it that way when you received Jesus but maybe all you were thinking about was receiving heaven And that's a big part of it. But there's also this this part of our lives that we are to give up to God. And actually it says in the Bible that Jesus' death actually in a very literal way becomes our death. What that means is that we are to consider ourselves dead to sin, like it says in Romans 6. Consider ourselves dead to sin but alive to God in Christ Jesus. And the flip side of that is true too. If we died with Jesus, it says in Romans that we will also live with him. So the, the word picture that I want you to see is that our, our sinful nature is to be crucified on a cross and dead. But what happens all too often in our lives is that we, we make that decision in the light. We say, yeah, I don't want to follow that sinful nature anymore. I want to follow Jesus. But in the darkness, then we creep back over to that cross and try to take our sinful nature back down and live according to it. That's what happens every time we fall into that temptation and, and choose to sin we need to leave the sinful nature on the cross and follow Jesus. It's a choice we make and it's a choice with ongoing daily implications in our lives. So again I ask, who are you following? How do we follow the Holy Spirit? Well first, we crucify the sinful nature. Second, through humility, repentance, and daily submission. That's what I preached on in lesson number 8. So if you want to get a refresher on that, you can you can go back and listen to that one. It's online. But here's the deal. If you've been sinning, it's because of a bad choice you've made. I, I wish that we could all just stand up right now and say, yes, when I sin, it's because of a bad choice I made. It's not because someone else made me. It's not just because that's who I am. I think that all too often we we justify our sin. Let's say that your sin is hatred. And you just say, well, you know, that's just who I am. That's just how I naturally respond when things don't go my way. I just I respond in anger. That's who I am. It's not my fault. That is. It's your fault. Every single time you sin, it is because you have made a bad choice. So if you see those things in verses 19 through 21 popping up in your life, what you need to do is Repent to acknowledge before God that you have done something wrong. And in humility, you need to go before God and ask him for forgiveness. Let's take a look at those things again in verses 19 to 21. I want you to, as I'm reading through this list, I want you to think if there are any of those things that you see in your life on an ongoing basis. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Are there any of those things that you struggle with ongoingly? Perhaps it's sexual immorality. Maybe there's things that you're looking at or watching or thoughts that are going through your mind that you just shouldn't be doing. If that's the case, what do you need to do you need to repent of those or maybe it's hatred like I said before do you often find yourself responding in anger if so the reason is because you're following the sinful nature and you need to repent of it for me the one that stood out on this list as I was reading it thinking about my life is selfish ambition how often do I do the things that I want to do simply because they're good for me and me alone If I'm living that way, I'm following the sinful nature. So if we see those things, we need to repent of them. Now that's kind of a negative way of looking at this. There's also a positive way of looking at this teaching because in verses 22 to 23, it gives us the fruit of the spirit that we can have as we follow God. So I want to read through that list now, and I want you to think about, are there any of these that I really see in my life? And are there any of them that I would like to see more of in my life? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If you see those things in your life, praise God. He's working in you. He's filling you with the Holy Spirit. If there's anything in there that you don't see, if you find yourself saying, yeah, you know what, I just don't have a lot of joy, you can ask God for that. He's very good at producing these things in us. He's the Master Gardener. We simply need to submit to Him and let Him do His work. That leads me to my third point here. Third way that we can follow the Holy Spirit is through prayer. God wants us to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and He tells us in His Word that if we pray according to His will, we receive what we ask for. So do you follow the logic here? God wants you, it's His will that you would be filled with the Holy Spirit. We can go to him in humility and in faith and ask him to fill us with the Holy Spirit and He will answer. It's His promise to us. So how often should we do that? How often should we go to God in prayer and and ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, for me personally, I do that at least every day. Every day in my life, I talk to God about this and I, I I pray to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But you know what I'm finding? I'm finding that that's not enough. It's not enough just to have one blanket prayer for the day and say, God, fill me with the Holy Spirit today. And then, Okay, I'm good to go. Got a full gas tank, ready to go. That's kind of the way it works, but actually what I'm, what I'm seeing is that I want to figure out how to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit when I'm tempted by the sinful nature. Because if we can get to this point where we realize that the sinful nature is leading me this way, and if we can stop right there and ask for God to lead us, what will God do? He'll lead us. So we can follow the Holy Spirit. But you know what? This takes some effort on our part. To It's a new way of life that we need to figure out how to live. And that leads me to my fourth point. fourth way we can follow the Holy Spirit is by training. Training ourselves to follow the Holy Spirit. All our lives we've been trained to follow the sinful nature. You don't need any more training in that, okay guys? You don't need any more training on how to sin. None of us do. What we need is to figure out how to live according to the Holy Spirit. It's natural to follow the Holy Spirit. What we need to do is learn a new way. Now think of this physically. If you wanted to get physically fit, what could you do? You could start working out, right? Would you expect to get buff on day one? Yes? Okay. That's, uh, um, sorry to break it to you. It doesn't work that way. But after five years of working out would you expect to see change? Yeah, if you're really working at it, you could see noticeable, substantial change in five years. And it's kind of that way with following the Holy Spirit. What I want to urge you to do, if you haven't already been living like this, is to start today. Start following the Holy Spirit today. Now, your hatred may not turn into peace immediately right now, but over the days and the months and the years, you can be noticeably different as God changes you. That's that's who the Holy Spirit is. He is at work in our lives to change us to become more like Christ. And as we submit to Him, He does that work in us. Now it takes commitment. It takes commitment to learn how the Holy Spirit works. And that leads me to my fifth way that we can follow the Holy Spirit. Reading the Bible. The Bible teaches us that the Bible was written by the Holy Spirit now yes it was written by human authors but in, I believe it's in 1 Peter or maybe it's in 2 Peter it says that the, the author, authors of scripture were carried along by the Holy Spirit as they wrote Oftentimes in the New Testament when it quotes the Old Testament it will say the Holy Spirit said the Holy Spirit is the author of the Bible so if we're trying to figure out how we can follow the Holy Spirit don't you think that we should read the book that he wrote He's kind of the master on the topic of following the Holy Spirit. So, as we read the Bible, we figure out how it is that the Holy Spirit wants to lead us. And that's why I'm such a big fan, and I often encourage you all to read the Bible daily. To get into that habit of saying to God, God, I want you to lead me. Here's your word. Please guide me. Okay, this leads me now to the big idea, and and I'm almost done here. My big idea is a question today. Who will you follow? The sinful nature or the Holy Spirit? This passage in Galatians teaches us that there is a conflict raging in each of our lives. The sinful nature wants to lead us one way, the Holy Spirit another way. The choice is up to you. Who will you follow? We must not attempt to live the Christian life on our own power. We actually can't do it. The Galatians tried to do it, and the result is that it actually brought them farther away from God. The Apostle Paul said those people who are trying to teach you to live that way, they're actually preaching a different gospel, and it will not lead you to God. What's the solution? Live by the Spirit. Keep in step with the Spirit. We must not follow the sinful nature anymore. Our lives can actually look like verses 22 to 23. That fruit can be manifest in our lives. Now the change might be gradual, but we need to keep at it. As we submit to the leading of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit sanctifies us and makes us more like Christ. I want that. I want that more than I want anything else, to be made like Christ. I want that for you all as well. And it happens for us as we follow the Holy Spirit. So again I ask, who will you follow? The sinful nature or the Holy Spirit? Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for this teaching. And and we get it, Lord. We get that there is a conflict going on, that sometimes we feel led to do what's wrong, and we feel also, even at the same time, led to do what's right. And it can be difficult for us, God, to discern. It can be difficult for us to make the right decisions. But Lord, I pray that you would strengthen us to follow the Holy Spirit, that we would do our part to keep in step with the Holy Spirit, <laughs> that we would choose rightly, that more and more as we go on, that we would learn your voice and learn to follow your ways, that we would follow the Holy Spirit into what's right. And may you, God, Produce in us the wonderful fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So God, we give of ourselves to you, and we pray that you would strengthen us and train us to follow the Holy Spirit and not the sinful nature. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.